Damn it. How long have you been doing this? <laughs> For 20 episodes. <laughs> Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology. With our hosts, Steve Barkley, Rob Minot, and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter. All right, and hello, and welcome to number 20. Episode 20. 20. Of AT Banter, which you're listening to right now. That's so, that's one more than 19. One less than 21. Ooh. Exactly. See, I bet you your visual cortex was lighting up <laughs> doing that. In there. <laughs> I am Rob Minot, and today I am joined by Ryan Fleury. Hasadika Ibawe. And Steve Barkley. Akuna Matata. <laughs> <laughs> and we are here... Once again, to regale you with many tales of woe. No, no. Woe. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> there there's will be woe. no woe. Not woe. No, no, no woe. Okay. But the fact is, we don't have a guest. So, we don't. So you got to just no put up with us this time on a bunch of disjointed, non-thematic sorts of newsy articles. That's right. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done something like this. Probably for a reason. What we are going to do more of it, though. Well, that's yeah. According to you, that's right. That's right. I'm running out of guests. <laughs> <laughs> so anybody out there, <laughs> atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. That's right. If you're we'll, interesting, we'll talk to you. Yep. Even right. if you're not interesting, we'll talk to you. <laughs> Even if you're psychotic, we'll talk to you. Or you're a clown. We want clowns. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. There's no new, We don't have a news story, unfortunately. I didn't print one off about, about the, uh, the clown epidemic. <laughs> but uh, I think it's just a sign of global warming. You know, it could be. Yeah. You but know, that's not real. Things things start to get warm, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, people are putting grease paint on and running around. It would explain a lot. It's mm. direct correlation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe the stars have just aligned. Hey, did you hear about that? Did, that NASA discovered a new constellation? Well, they didn't exactly discover a new constellation. It was there. The constellation only, was only, there <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> well, whatever. I, I only skimmed the article, right? I, Somebody at NASA pointed out, hey, look, that constellation's right in the whole what? horoscope thingy. <laughs> why, why are we not using that one? <laughs> okay, okay, well, what happened? Well, I don't I, know what I happened. I found out I'm not a Scorpio anymore. And yeah. I guess I'm not a Capricorn. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm not a Libra either. I'm a Virgo now. But it's okay, because as it turns out, horoscopes aren't real. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But global warming is. Yes, it is. Okay. Scientifically proven. All right. See, we are are a podcast that is grounded in science here. That's right. Absolutely. Horoscopes bad. Climate change good. We don't do voodoo either. Not good. (laughs) All right. Well... Let's uh, let's start this thing off by talking a little bit about the Treaty of Marrakesh. Marrakesh, yes. That's right. It came into effect as of last week, the 30th, I believe. Yep. Yeah, so this has been talked about for a while, and people have probably heard about it by now, but uh, the big deal about it is it just allows uh, countries to share alternative format materials between themselves. And uh, removes the uh, copyright barriers to it. Which makes a lot of sense. Oh, of course it Instead does. Instead of each country having to duplicate books, yep. this totally opens it up for all of us. Yep. 
So does it does it change things internally in a country? Like does it like how how exactly does it work? Well, you know, for example, in Canada, um, it uh, we we've had to um, enact a domestic copyright exception, um, which uh, just means that we have to ensure that um, uh, accessibility is available um, as an option. Uh, copyright holders can't say no. You can't produce copyrighted materials. They can't stop you from making copyright or taking copyrighted materials and producing them in alternative formats, provided that they have not already produced an alternative format, uh, commercially available product. So if they have a book available in audio, for example, you can't create an audio version of that book. You'd have to buy their audio version. I see. If they have it available in large print, you'd have to buy their large print. If they have it available in Braille, you'd have to buy their Braille. But in most cases, they're not going to have Braille. They're not going to have large print. And in a lot of cases, particularly when it comes to textbooks, you're not going to have it in audio format either. So all of those you can now produce without being in violation of copyright laws. And I think they said in Canada we have about access to, to about 7% of the total books that are out there. It's a pretty small amount. Yeah, it's pretty teeny. Well, and that's going to be yeah. even less in, in less developed countries. Yeah, they were saying that's about 1%. It's pretty bad. And so what this does, though, too, is that it essentially opens the borders between all the countries that have signed on yep. to the treaty so that anything produced here can be shared can be shared in say india mm-hmm. right yep so i think this would probably have pretty broad implications for an organization like bookshare.org mm-hmm. yep. um this this should allow them to open up their libraries that they've had to you know they've had to separate what's available in canada what's available with the us and, yep. and they should be able to open the doors on uh, on a lot of materials that we weren't previously allowed to have here well even people that want um you know even to learn other languages or want books in their particular language you know spanish books from spain mm-hmm. You know, they'll have access to that now from their local libraries. It's exciting. It is exciting. And it's not just for uh, people with visual impairments either. It um, it specifically says people with print disabilities. So mm-hmm. that can include people with uh, things like uh, dyslexia, for example, right. other, other types of non-visual print-related disabilities. So this is a big deal for them too. Yeah, I'm just really looking forward to seeing how they're going to roll this out and, you know, is... Is the library, like CELA, for instance, going to all of a sudden be bombarded with, you know, 200,000 new books in the next five weeks? be interesting to see how long it takes to roll that out. Yeah, I guess it remains to be seen because there's certainly going to be a lot of material in different countries that will be of interest. And, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, once those libraries start talking and comparing their catalogs, um, there will probably be a lot of cross-border exchanges of information Mm -hmm. but is there is there going to be any sort of a a central organization that is going to be doing like producing everything and then distributing it or has there been any talk of how they're actually going to organize this yet no i don't i don't think that there's any single group that's going to organize it or or you know do the production uh it'll still fall to the different groups in different countries that have been doing that traditionally. Like CNIB is still producing their books. Australia is still producing their books. They just can now share them. So hopefully they're all talking to each other so that, you know, Australia is not doing the latest Harry Potter and we're doing the latest Harry Potter. Well, that's what I was wondering. Is there, (laughs) and is there anything in the treaty that prohibits doing, doing a book twice, like doing it in Australia and in Canada? 
Probably not. No. I don't know. Be doubtful. But it still doubles the workload. Mm-hmm. It it does. I mean, it would behoove you to check first and see if there's one available somewhere rather than go out and start recording a book right off the hop. But, I mean, if two people produce the book, then I imagine there's just two different versions of it floating around out there now. And if we're wrong, let us know. Yeah. We'll have you on the show. That's right. There if you go. If you created the Treaty of Marrakesh, call in. <laughs> no, don't call in because... There's no phone number. You'll just get Rachel, and she doesn't want to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, Rachel. Alrighty, what else we got to talk about? Tactile Ink. Tactile Ink. Which I think is exciting. That is pretty cool. So Samsung now has come out, well, they haven't come out with it commercially yet, but they're developing it, a uh, uh, ink toner, which you can print Braille onto a sheet of paper, and then take that sheet of paper and stick it into a microwave oven or into uh, a regular oven or hit it with a hair dryer, and the ink puffs up, sort of similar to uh, the ammonia capsule paper that we've used traditionally in things like the PF or the uh, Reprotronics machines, um, those sorts of tactile graphics devices. Only in this case, the uh, chemicals to do the puffing up is embedded in the toner itself. So what you end up with is you end up with a dot wherever you have a black spot once you've heated it. Um, you know, right now it looks like it's fairly in a, a preliminary form. Um, looking at the pictures of the dots that I've seen, they look like they're not really tremendously well-shaped, like a really good solid braille dot from a braille printer, but it's something and it's, uh, Uh, Definitely something that could lower the cost of Braille overall for a lot of different applications. You know, you might not see this used for literary textbooks or anything, but you certainly would see this for, you know, home printing applications, labeling applications. Any laser jet, they said. Yeah, product brochures, um, you know, places where you don't necessarily need to have a professionally produced dot. This yep. could be a really, really good option and vastly cheaper than a Braille printer. Because Disposable can, Braille? Yeah, because you can pick up a laser printer for under 100 bucks these days. Yep. Right. So you just throw in your Braille cartridge and boom, mm-hmm. away you go. But couldn't you do – there'd be no reason why you couldn't do tactile graphics on this. Yeah, you totally could. Yeah. Yeah, it'll, it'll definitely change the face of the tactile graphics market once it comes out. Yeah, I mean, it would make it far easier to produce any of that stuff, too, because tactile graphic printers are fairly expensive, too. And, yeah, it's, and it's the paper. It's the and quality, the though. Yeah. 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 I mean, the paper right now for letter size, I think, is around Canadian a buck a sheet, 80, 80 cents a sheet, maybe. Right. Um, and uh, And then, you know, you've got a laser print onto it. You've got to run it through the PF machine that's going to run you... $1,500, $1,800. And, uh, and then at the end of the day, you have something that's going to be fairly comparable quality to this. Now, did they say what type of, like, do you need a special machine to heat the ink and raise the dots, or can it just be anything that blows they, warm air? They said any, anything from a hairdryer to a, to a microwave. Wow. Yeah. So presumably you could run it through a PF too, if you wanted to. Right. You know, same, same sort of thing. Yeah. So do you understand the, the principles behind it in terms of like how, just how it, does this well if it's similar to the principles that we use with the the pf um, the pf uses paper that has encapsulated ammonia in the paper 
when you laser print onto it, you get carbon overlaid over top of that ammonia. When you heat it, the carbon and the ammonia interact and, and puff up. I think what they're doing is they're encapsulating ammonia in a very small capsule and embedding that in with the toner itself. So when it lays down the toner on the page, you get both the ammonia and the carbon laid onto the surface of the paper. And then when you heat that up to a higher temperature, then it gets going through the fuser of the laser. That's when it reacts and, and puffs up. Right. That's my guess. Now, I don't know that for a fact, but mm -hmm. but it seems like a reasonable guess. Yeah, it'll be interesting to actually see when it comes out. What you know, They said it's the marginal price increase in the cost of the toner right? over regular laser jet toner. But, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to actually take a look and see what the quality's like. I think we should count one. Well, you figure even if it's double, mm -hmm. you know, even if it doubles the cost, it, the average page of... of print that you're printing out on a laser printer probably costs between five and ten cents right. per page by the time you pay for the toner so if it bumps it up to say 20 cents it's still vastly cheaper than braille the current, paper yeah than, yeah than braille paper than uh, than uh, you know uh, the ammonia capsule paper we're mm -hmm. using now so it's definitely you know it's going to lower it by probably a margin of at least 75 percent yeah go braille yeah yeah all right, we're, we're let's, getting. Let's do we're, no, the, we're not there yet. Let's do the math. No, 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 no we're not math. nearly right. do the okay. math. Let's do math. Uh, My math teacher used to say that. Really, I hated yes, he did. math. I he also used math. to sing Deo in math class. Deo, exactly. Deo. So, yeah, what happens to the brains of blind people who do math is the headline. I mean, get I jumbled. This, I thought and, this was interesting. And I, th I thought it was going to say something about heads exploding, but no. No, <laughs> no, it didn't. That was just me, as it turns out. No, not just you. Neuroscience. Yeah, neuroscience. Neuroscience. Gotta love neuroscience. So, basically, what, what this study has done is they took sighted people and they took blind people and they hooked them up to MRI machines. And then they asked them to do some verbal algebra questions. And the w participants who didn't run screaming from the room. Which would have been me. Which would have been me too. <laughs> uh, apparently what they found is that the blind people, their visual cortex lit up while they were doing the problem. While the sighted people, their visual cortex did not light up. And I guess what they've concluded from that is that the brain has a degree of plasticity to it that essentially might rewire the brain to use a part of the brain that's maybe not being used for anything else to help with other functions. Right. So the theory is that blind people being blind, they're not using their visual cortex for visual processing. So the brain just goes, ooh, look at that big empty space over there. We could just move in over there. We'll put our sofa over there and we'll put our medicine cabinet up on the wall here and, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll use this as our math room. That's right. That's sad. Why is it sad? Because I wouldn't want a math room. You wouldn't want a math room? You don't have a math room? Everybody's got a math room. No, no math room no. in my head. Oh, jeez. Or no room for math. <laughs> this could have applications across the board. Like, I mean, this could, in terms of like how I'm using um, hearing and touch, 
the brain could be using the visual cortex to enhance those senses. I shouldn't say enhance because I don't. We don't mean. We're not talking daredevil here, but well, it's just all it's doing is it's just using a part of the brain for a different function than what it might be used for typically. What would be interesting to see would be if you took, say, deaf people and you used the auditory processing centers and you ran a test like this, would you see the yeah. auditory processing centers being used for math functions or some other some other function? Or even if they were deafblind, if they were reading a, a math equation in Braille, you know, would their visual cortex still be stimulated? Yeah. That'd yeah. be interesting, too. Yeah, it would be. There, there's, there's a lot more research to be done, but mm -hmm. but really all this really speaks to is, is uh, brain plasticity and its ability to use parts of the brain for different purposes as as needed. Right. So we need to have a neuroscientist on. We don't even need that. We could get one of those emotive headsets. We could throw it on Ryan and we could do our own research. That's true. <laughs> there you go. Speaking yeah. of which, I thought we had a couple of those. I, I don't You've know. Already... <laughs> yeah, we talked about that episode yeah, we before. About, yeah. yeah, We just buy one. Yeah. But all I know is that if they put one of those things on me and gave me an algebra question, just no parts of my brain would light up. It would just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nothing would happen. Yeah, they they would discover that my fingers had been remapped to go to a spreadsheet. <laughs> That's right. And interesting. It is. It's interesting. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. Steve's going to like this one. Yeah. So presidential presidential race, race could, could energize voters with disabilities. How about that? And it could. But I think it's pretty much energized everybody, though. <laughs> you know, this is so polarized that, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of very motivated people to get out and vote this year. Because the people who hate Hillary, hate Hillary. <laughs> the people who hate Trump, really hate Trump. And there's there's going to be lineups at the voting booth, I think. I think this will be a, a well attended election i think it will too the one thing that i took out of that article is they said there's still quite a few issues or barriers when it comes to these polling stations for people with disabilities i know even here in canada when i go to vote you know it's my wife coming in with me to read the candidates and help me put the x where it needs to go um it's not something i can do independently or i've chosen to do independently and i'm not sure what the barriers still are down there but the article did mention that they are not fully equipped for for many people with disabilities to no, do I that. I don't get the sense that they're equipped at all. Well, I think they probably are to a certain extent. Yeah, it probably varies. Yeah, wide, they've got the ADA from, down there, from right? State to state. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they do have some some pretty good legislation that puts some teeth behind that. But you know, I I wonder. You know, there. This is this is 2016, right? This this should not be so <laughs> difficult. Yeah, you think it, so. it really shouldn't. No, you know, I know. Anytime you want to do it with computers, they say, "Oh, well, the computers could be hacked and manipulated and and so forth." But it, really, this does not seem like an insurmountable technical hurdle mm. to allow people to vote. It just, I don't know. It should have ought to been figured out by now. You would think so. Oh yeah, long ago. Yep. But it's interesting. I mean, these statistics are interesting because it says that 16% of eligible voters in the U.S. are voters that report having a recognized disability. And 71% of those have gone on record saying that it really matters who wins the election. So that 
can equal a lot of voters right there. And not a lot of them are too happy with Trump. Wasn't there a stat there, too, that said actually how many didn't or don't go and vote that have a disability? No. No? I thought there was. Was there? Okay, maybe not. It does. It does say that in a previous study, uh, they found that thirty percent of voters with disabilities reported problems casting a ballot in the twenty twelve election. Right, maybe that's what I read. Uh, most common obstacles were reading or seeing the ballot, uh, understanding how to vote or use voting equipment, waiting in line and finding or getting to the polling place. Right. Yeah, we should all be able to vote from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, electronically. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Although I suppose the potential for voter fraud goes up through the roof when you do something like that. Why? But you know what? I, I take know. I take the chance every time I take a taxi home, he hands me the credit card machine. I enter my PIN number. He could probably sit there and watch it, skim my card. We take those chances every day. Voting from home would be no different. How did you file your income tax this year? That's through the through electronic. Really? H&R Block electronic. And you're not, you're not worried that, that that's subject <laughs> to abuse? Or? Hell no. No. Yeah. no. So... What's the issue? Mm-hmm. No, I know. I'm, but I'm just. I mean, I, I'm, we're we're trusting I'm, the government with our most private information already, <laughs> and trusting them to v- keep it safe. Jeez, you guys, I was playing devil's advocate. Jeez. Yeah. Well, we give Google all our information. That's right. <laughs> that's true. Google knows all. That's right. Uh, yeah. that is Privacy scary. is an illusion. It's true. There's cameras everywhere. Yeah, and anybody who watched my feed on Facebook knew how I voted last election. So. <laughs> I thought you said watched my feet on Facebook. I'm like, what? I didn't quite catch that. Yes, I keep a live running video feed of my feet at all times for foot fetishes. It's only three ninety nine a minute. Making a fortune off of it. Should add descriptive video to that. That's right. Yep, there's still feet. Yeah. Well, to- big toe moved. To- toenails could use clipping. Yes. There's some sock lint between the big toe. Oh, look, the puppets are talking. The hair looks kind of tangled on the big <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay, shall we get into the contentious stuff? Sure. The really hard-hitting journalism okay. side of things here. Who wants to set this up? Go ahead. I'll go for it. Okay, go okay. for it. So, there's this organization, Foundation Fighting Blindness. Fabulous organization. They do amazing fundraising and fund all kinds of really cool research around um, stopping vision loss, trying trying to find ways to stop and uh, stop vision loss and restore vision. And uh, I've done lots of their events. Um, we've we've uh, donated to them. We were uh, previously used to. Uh, uh, have a percentage of all of our uh, profits right. on low vision sales going directly to FFB. Um, now, um, recently they came out with a fundraising campaign. Uh, and what did they call that campaign? They How I it See It. How I See It campaign. And they're challenging people to put on blindfolds and walk around for a day and or, or maybe... I, I perform, think it was just for a minute. Perform, perform specific tasks. Uh, and they had a list of suggested tasks. It could be something like cooking your breakfast or making your breakfast right. um, with this uh, blindfold on. Well... Clearly, when they came up with this idea, they didn't actually pay any attention to what had happened previously around efforts like this and the general feeling in the community around, you know, whether this is a, an appropriate way to get people to have a better and more full understanding of, of blindness. Um, because there's actually been research around this. 
And the research shows that if you take people and you slap a blindfold on one group and you leave one group unblindfolded and you send the blindfolded group to do a task and you have the unblindfolded group do a task, at the end of the day, the people with blindfolds are actually going to have a more negative opinion of blindness than the people who didn't have the blindfolds. And this can resonate through um, people's understanding of, of blindness and blindness issues. Um, so people who do this walk away not with greater empathy and understanding, but with misconceptions. They don't necessarily understand that blind people adapt, that they learn, that being blind is not like slapping on a blindfold. They have whole sets of skills and um, uh, coping mechanisms that they've developed and honed over years um, in order to be independent. Right. So uh, the... Um, National Federation for the Blind uh, has penned a letter uh, basically saying, um, you shouldn't be doing this. We don't like this. You're a great organization. However, uh, we don't think anybody should donate to you while you're using this as a funding, uh, as a way to raise funding. And quite honestly, you know, when, when I first heard that, I thought, geez, that's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to it. But after thinking about it a while, I think they're right. I think this was a poor choice for a for a funding campaign, um, and uh, I think it's something that uh, FFB really needs to uh, reverse, come up with something different. I yeah. totally agree. The campaign itself is was wrong, and they should have known it was wrong. But to come right out and say stop donating to a foundation that they themselves have invested in medical research, they know the work the FFB is doing is great work just irks me to no end to tell people to stop donating to a foundation that is fighting blindness you're the national federation of the blind your patrons are taking advantage of the research that this foundation is doing we stop donating to the foundation fighting blindness guess what there's no more research being done to cure blindness yeah i think i might have been a little heavy-handed yeah. myself too I mean, I agree. I mean, obviously, they didn't really think out, think it out when they came up with this with this marketing campaign, which is you know baffling because mm -hmm. you know they're the you think of anybody w would be sensitive to the community's feelings about this whole thing, it would be them. Like so, it it does feel like this came up in a boardroom somewhere with a bunch of guys sitting around going. Let's we need to something that's going to be that's going to recreate the whole ice bucket challenge that will will go viral and will you know rake in lots of of research dollars through it and it'll be a whole thing on Facebook. I mean you can you can tell that that's what the hope was, I mm -hmm. think. And, yeah. And but but as as I said yesterday when we were talking about this when when the ALS people came up with the ice bucket challenge. It wasn't the lie in bed with full paralysis and being unable to chew your own food <laughs> challenge. Right. It was an ice bucket challenge, which was pretty much unrelated to ALS itself. Absolutely. You know, and it did a tremendous job of raising awareness and mm -hmm. funds for the ALS society. Um, you know, I think FFB needs to have a a better challenge and I think there's an cool. excellent chance that this didn't come directly from FFB you know maybe they hired a marketing firm or something to try and 
jazz things up or you know that shake would, things up a little bit that would make sense and they've certainly gotten people talking and they do say there's no such thing as bad press well, that's true that's true but i think to come right out and say stop donating your money was just from the president of the nfb was perhaps, so perhaps disagreeable counterproductive. very counterproductive well i don't know if you've looked at the twitter feed with the hashtag how i see it but i mean the nfb has they're being very aggressive absolutely in, in the counter advertising against this campaign they've they've released several like long extended youtube videos just trashing the campaign mm -hmm. like they are really going full full bore at these guys that the president announced it or denounced it the next day comes up with a video of him talking about denouncing it again like point made yikes <laughs> feeling a little passionate about this right i am why can't i have an opinion you can have an you opinion know? So that's my opinion. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Brian has an opinion. That's right. Thanks. I think they were wrong. The campaign was wrong. Yes, I agree with that. But to stop donating, that's like, it's like Rob mentioned the other day, you know, the pink ribbon campaign the Cancer Society does. You know, I'm not going to stop donating to the Cancer Society because the ribbons are pink or I disagree with their campaign. It's n that's just not the way to do things. You, you disagree with the pink ribbon? Well, you could. Maybe. I could. He, but I don't. You know, he has a tr he has trouble with the color pink. That's after right. The whole pink sock incident. <laughs> right, of course. That's right. No, it's uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's how I see it too. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with with calling FFB out on a, a nope. bad idea. Nope. Um, and voicing voicing disapproval, and I think from what I can see, the community has done that. They've sort of banded together, and you know the. A lot of blind people have gone to their Facebook page and, and voiced their their discontent over it. I, I and think I think we, that's fair enough. I think we need to, to turn this around and make it more positive, though. You know, it, rather than just simply coming out and denouncing them, let's give the FFB ideas for what would be a good challenge. Well, exactly. Let's, let's let's come up with challenges. But they're not doing that. Yeah. So let's ask them to. <laughs> let's 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 put the challenge out there right now. Let's call it the the, the AT banter challenge. <laughs> And the AT Badger challenge is to come up with a better idea for the FFB for a challenge. I like it. Yeah. And then, and then dump really cold water on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. But the other part first. Let's go. What do we got for ideas? Uh, well, talk like a pirate. Oh, wait. They've already got that. Yeah. That's a, that's a uh, whole day. Uh, well, you know. Um. Uh, ride your bike day. I don't know. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. If you think about it, if you think about the ice bucket challenge, you're right. It had nothing to do with anything. So it could be literally anything. Exactly. It could be, you know, I don't know. And, and it's interesting. It could be absolutely anything. And yet here we are struggling to come up with anything. Because <laughs> well, all the good ones are taken. We can't, we can't chug cinnamon because they're already doing that. Oh, that's nasty. Uh... Wear your underwear on the outside of your pants. The jalapeno challenge. The jalapeno. Yeah. yeah. Eat a jalapeno. Whole jalapeno. Ghost pepper. Ooh. Ooh. Even worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, the, wear the chop jalapeno and rub your eyes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll need the foundation fighting blindness. <laughs> oh, my eyes are watering just thinking about that. Oh, God. <laughs> 
Foundation fighting vomiting. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe you know, maybe we should. Steve, you're so eloquent. What? Start start a, a little Facebook thread and talk about the positives the FFB is doing, and let's turn this around. Yeah, yeah, we can because nobody else is doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, this is at the end of the day, this is a really good organization. They're doing really good yes. work. And did they? Is this an ill-advised uh, campaign? Yep. Yes. Yeah, no doubt. But come on, let's 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 make it positive. They're working for the same community that's pillaring them right now. Mm-hmm. You know, let's get this community back on side and and back. You know, I just working, don't know why they don't working see that. positively to towards uh, towards a common goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's at the end of the day, that's the terrible thing about this is that you've got these two foundations fighting against each other that should be in the same boat paddling in the same direction. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it makes no sense to be fighting over this. And it's not even a fighting. They attacked them. Right. They attacked them. So, I mean... Like, was there any consultation done, like, before they launched this whole social activist campaign against the FFB? Did anybody pick up the phone and say, hey, guys, you know, I, I think you should change this? Or did they just all of a sudden launch this attack? Yeah, it does seem a little yeah. heavy-handed right out, of the, right out of the gate, I have to say. I mean, it's one thing to say, look, you know, the community has, you know, is obviously upset about this. We're kind of upset about this because you were, you're sort of undercutting our message. Because the NFB's message, for the most part, is, you know. There's training is, and is, techniques you need to learn. Yeah, and just, independence. They're absolutely. all about independence. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I can understand how a campaign like this can undercut that message a bit. And I could see them being upset about that. But yeah, I think that an all-in-out boycott is maybe stage four it or was something. Just wrong. And they just came out of the gate with yeah. it. Maybe there were stages one through three and we just didn't hear about them. There but, could be. but if there was, then they, they should be talking about, yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. You know, if the FFB basically said, no, we're going ahead with this despite what you think, then... Yeah, give us all the information. Yeah, that would be a different yeah. thing than if they just came out and started screaming. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, honestly, I'd hate to think that the the FFB lost a dollar of mm-hmm. research money over this. Oh, my gosh. We have we had it in front of us all the time. What's that? I, I know what the challenge is going to be. The algebra challenge. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes, come on. I can't even a, count to eight. It's the FFB algebra, blind <laughs> algebra challenge. There you go. Let's light up those visual cortexes, people. <laughs> you can't have it written down on paper. You got to do it all in your head. Right. X squared plus Y equals M2 squared. Make it an easy one. I don't even, I need, is that even really a thing? I don't even, I don't even know. I'm just, I don't know. I'm just mixing numbers in the alphabet. All I know is my visual cortex just lit up as my eyes rolled. <laughs> Mine just shut down. <laughs> it's like A's, letters, and numbers, what? <laughs> yeah, that was always my issue, too. As soon as day one of algebra, it's just like, this is ridiculous. You're mixing letters and numbers. This makes no sense. Who thought of this? And symbols, you know, equal signs. and Symbols that don't even make sense. It's like a squiggly line with a thing. It's like, what is that? <laughs> I, bet I, I bet I can make you shiver, Rob. You ready? For, yeah. Ready? Yeah. Quadratic equation. Oh, God, you're right. That <laughs> <laughs> did. That, that actually made my hair stand up. I don't have much, so. The, the other one I hated were oh. fractions, fractal equations. And oh. It sucked. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah, anything you couldn't explain with a puppet on Sesame Street, <laughs> it just shouldn't even bother. Like, that should wear, should mask, should have ended. I get it. Three apples plus two apples. <laughs> I have five apples. That's really good, Rob. <laughs> I know, right? Thanks, Elmo. <laughs> Let's have an apple. <laughs> That's what apples I, are red. <laughs> then we'll have three apples. <laughs> More puppets in schools. This that friggin' Snuffleupagus steals another one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's excellent. Uh, yep. What else? Did anything else interesting happen this week? Oh gosh! Well, there was the vice presidential debate. I missed that one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I watched it. Of course you did. You're yeah. gonna you're gonna miss this election so much when it's over. I I hope so. I hope I really miss the election. <laughs> you know, Don, Donald Trump came out early and said that if he didn't win, we'd never hear from him again. And I really hope that I, <laughs> that I, I really hope that I miss Donald Trump somewhere down the road. You know, go oh gee, whatever happened to that guy? Gosh, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen, though. No, I yeah. can't see it happening. I think he's going to remain a loudmouth buffoon no matter he's, what he does. He's a megalomaniac. Like, he really... He's not going to be able to quietly go off anywhere and do anything. No. He's going to be screaming at the top of his lungs within three weeks. What do we got next week, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so... The la lady who's saying Chapel of Love died this week. Going to the chapel and uh, who was that guy? Who, who was I that? didn't recognize D the Dixie, name when I saw it on Twitter. Like Dixie Cups, that's who sang that. Yes, that's right. Wow, you're good. Thank you. I love old Motown. Impressed. Stuff. Yeah, she died. Oh. There's oh. been a lot of people die this year. It's been a bad year. It has been. Yep. Now I know, you know, people die every year, but yes. it just seems like this year it's just been it was a horrible. Lot of mega entertainer after mega entertainer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And still, the Rolling Stones are alive. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and that's why we have to tackle climate change, because we have to worry about what kind of world we're going to leave for Keith Richards. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Won't somebody think of a Keith? Uh, yeah, he'll be like Mad Max. He'll be wandering the wasteland. Yeah, smoking cigarettes. Leather skin. Yeah. And a guitar. And a guitar. Playing the blues in the wasteland. Yep. There's a movie there somewhere. Probably. I believe that was the bard on the front of the uh, vehicle in the last Mad Max. So. Oh, yeah. was it? Yeah. Oh, such a good movie. Never saw it. Oh, you, so have to, you have to see it. Well, What's wrong but, with you? But I don't know. You know but I actually see it? Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a lot of things going boom and kerplooey yeah, and, guess, and yeah, vroom and, and stuff. I don't know how it would translate to yeah, I guess so. a non-visual viewer. Just, I should actually just see. Video. Yeah, I was just going to say I should get it on Saratech's Samnet and see what the descriptive video is like. Yeah. The, the video describer will be saying things like, oh, my God. Oh, wow. What the <laughs> hell? Oh, my God. Well, see, that's, that's a good insane. question for our guest next week. That's right. We'll see if she has Fury Road. Mm -hmm. yeah. get you get you hooked up. That's right. So, audience, we need ideas for themes for our Halloween show. Yes. Yes, we do. Please send us your comments, your suggestions. How can we make it spooky? Feedback. How can we make it spooky? Maybe we should do like an old time radio drama. 
We'll write our own old time radio <laughs> drama and we'll voice it ourselves. We'll get Rachel to practice her uh, scream. <laughs> you know. I like it. It's good. This has some potential. Work. Yeah. yeah. Get some sound effects in there. Yep. Greek. Bring Greek. Rick in. Some sound yeah. effects. I actually found a website that has like 9,000 sound effects. It's all free. Really? Yeah. So I can send you that link. Some of the ones were the ones I used on that Halloween-themed soundtrack I did. Oh, yeah. Shared with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. We'll do something. Do something special. That will be... The B-Radio you... Audio Podcast. It'll be the worst radio drama ever. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> There's been some pretty bad ones. <laughs> we'll do our own soundtrack. That'll push it over the edge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Yep, it's true. On the skoog. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, well, how would they go about submitting ideas, Ryan? They can send us an email to atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. They can visit us online at aw at aw. <laughs> That's where you get teen burgers. Yeah. Don't even get me started on their their burgers. Their burgers are awesome. Their burgers are awesome, but they have a stupid. This again. This was a dumb idea. Whoever thought like the mama, papa, teen, <laughs> grandpa, grandma, preteen, <laughs> grandma, geriatric burgers. Yeah. Like it's Tran ridiculous. Trans teen burger. I still don't understand what a mama burger is. Yeah, like what's the difference between a mama and a papa? Like it's just stupid. Like it's just. But I'm clearly, I'm the only one. I'm alone out here in the wasteland. Pretty much, apparently. yeah, yeah. I think I started on the teen burger and just never went back. I think I stray occasionally to the matzo burger, but. Mm -hmm. But what? But okay. But what's a teen burger? Like, is a teen burger the equivalent of a Whopper? And then, if that's the case, then what is what's a mama burger? Is it like an extra meat patty? Like, I think so. Yeah, Papa Burgers three. I think. So I think it was like single, double, triple. Hmm. So but then, what's a grandpa? Is grandpa? Is that just like... No, it comes pre-chewed. <laughs> it comes in a glass. Loving <laughs> 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 my burger. <laughs> Grandma, how's yours? Oh, not so bad. <laughs> Need a bigger straw. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Isn't it great when we don't have guests? <laughs> Some of our best shows are no guests. <laughs> well, that's a matter of opinion. People love this part of the show. Yes. I'm sure they do. <laughs> They're losing it again. Uh, excellent. All right. Where were we? You were trying to give out our social oh, information. Yeah, okay. So, yes, you can also visit us at www.atbanter.com. And uh, where else can they find us? Well, they can find us on Facebook. They can find us on Google. They can find us on Twitter. Yep. But and they, YouTube. But they can't find us on Pinterest. Not yet. No. Or Instagram. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know what Pinterest is. Yeah, me either. You know, I, I I think it's just basically people going, ooh, I like that picture. Ooh, I like that picture. Ooh, I like and, that picture. And they put a pin in it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, this isn't stupid to me. <laughs> <laughs> and you're entitled to your opinion. That's right. It's all, this show is all about opinion. Yeah, apparently so. <laughs> Opinions expressed on AT Badger Podcast are our own. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and in no way reflect anybody else. No lawsuits. No lawsuits, please. Zigagly. And you can also visit Aroga Technologies at www.aroga.com. Come check out our, we have a clearance section now full of discounted demo equipment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good deals. We have financing available. That's right. We do now. And pretty pictures. For anything over $500, we have a financing plan. So swing on by. Uh, and other than that, Ryan, what's what, what's going on next week? Next week, we have the president and CEO, Diane Johnson of Descriptive Video Works, coming into the studio to talk about what they do. Wahoo. Excellent. Should be exciting. And Steve won't be here because he'll be shooting Bambi. Things. Yes, yeah. I will be off in the woods, crouched, waiting to snipe some poor defenseless animal and eat it. <laughs> yes. Keywords, eat it. Not yes. just fun. Yes. Not a trophy hunter. Don't no. appreciate trophy hunting. I'm in it for the food. Free range, grass fed deer. Mm. Mm. And then that will do it for us this week. We will see you all next week. And wait, 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 wait. We were going to do a shout out. Oh, all right, we're doing. Do so you want to do a shout oh, out? Oh yes, yes, yes. We have to do a shout out to uh, someone who phoned in to say, "Hey, you love the podcast." It's our good friend Shan Noise out in Saskatchewan, which got snow yesterday. Which got snow, <laughs> poor bastard. And uh, he just happens to be the only uh, Canucks fan in Saskatchewan, as it turns out. So there poor you go. bugger. Yeah. So there you uh, go. Oh no, not poor bugger. This year we're winning the Stanley Cup. <laughs> right. Well, the I, bets are going to start. I have complete confidence. Oh, uh, we need to start betting. Yeah. What, are you taking Calgary again? Absolutely. Yeah, it's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, we'll see. You're not even making it through the first round this year. We didn't make it to the playoffs <laughs> last year. <laughs> I was third, giving you a bit of hope. <laughs> I think we were third worst in the league. <laughs> but not this year. This year, we're going to be awesome. All the way this year. That's right. No, not going to happen. Turnaround year. Total turnaround. When's the season start? The uh, last preseason September. game's tonight. Is that the last preseason game well, tonight? I think so. Canucks in Calgary tonight. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotta watch that. I think it's the last preseason. Because they're always chippy. And this is the last chance for the young guys to impress anybody. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be beating the tar out of each other. Yep. It'll be very exciting. Should be. All right, folks. Until next week. We are. We are Rob Minot. I'm Ryan Fleury. And I am Steve Barkley. Arrivederci. Ciao, Bella. This podcast has been brought to you by Aroga Technologies. Visit Aroga Technologies online at www.aroga.com. That's A-R-O-G-A.com. Music provided by bensound.com.